Welcome to Blakey Psychotherapy. We're glad you're here. Thinking about therapy and talking to a therapist requires courage. You've taken the first step. The Benefits and Challenges of Slowing Down I've spoken before about self-care and its importance for mental health. Part of self-care is giving ourselves permission to slow down. But what does slowing down look like? I suggest that it'll look different for everyone and that there is no shortage of resources to help us find our way. The first time I heard of slow was in the context of slow food. In 1986, Carlo Petrini, an Italian, started a group that celebrated the concept and practice of enjoying local food that was lovingly prepared and shared with friends and family. This group was part of a protest at a McDonald's restaurant that was being built in his town. Part of his plan, against what he saw as the encroachment of fast food into his fellow neighbor's way of life, was to dismantle the McDonald's at night, himself and a band of followers, while it was being built. The legal repercussions of that are another story, and this is included in the creation stories of the slow food movement. Since Petrini's start in 1986, the slow food movement has become an international institution that not only includes the founder's initial plan, but also the idea of local eating, organic foods and beverages, as well as preserving various food preparation skills. The slow movement has spread to the idea of slow money, slow fashion, slow cities, slow schools, and the list goes on. If you're interested in finding more information about this concept, there are a couple books I would suggest are worth checking out. In Praise of Slowness, Challenging the Cult of Speed by Carl Honore, and Slow is Beautiful, New Visions of Community, Leisure, and Joie de Vivre by Cecile Andrews. Recently, a colleague and I were discussing self-care and why it's so difficult to slow down, especially when it would be in our best interest to do so. She suggested that, when, that it comes down to being attached to outcomes. When we have a fixed idea of how things should be, we can become incredibly invested in making situations, people, etc. fit our ideal. One way that outcome attachment is visible is when we have a picture in our mind of what we should be doing and how productive we should be. This attachment can become a problem when we are fixed on a certain plan or idea and then react negatively when we can't fulfill that plan. Often our answer is to speed up rather than slow down in an effort to shape our world. While slowing down looks different for each person, I suggest that in each case it involves letting go of our attachment to outcomes. In Buddhist psychology, attachment to states of mind, situation, and our plans for the future leads to suffering, pain in our lives. What would happen if we allowed ourselves to be less in control? Would our lives start to have room for some ease? The act of slowing down often takes deliberate effort. In the April 22, 2017 issue of the New York Times International Weekly, there appeared a brief article by David Leonhardt entitled, You Are Too Busy, You Need a Schultz Hour. The article described the habit of George Schultz, U.S. Secretary of State in the 80s, to 
carve one hour each week for quiet reflection. During that time, he would think about the strategic aspects of his job and ponder larger questions. Similar to the book Solitude, A Singular Life in a Crowded World, the individuals Leonhardt interviewed in the article would agree with Solitude's author Michael Harris about the negative impact that technology has on the practice of slowing down. Leonhardt writes, quote, whether you decide a Schultz hour makes sense for you, I encourage you not to fool yourself into thinking you can easily change your habits in little ways here and there. The ubiquity of smartphones together with our culture of celebrating busyness makes ad hoc approaches difficult. You are much more likely to carve out time for strategic thinking by making concrete changes to your habits." End quote. The author's suggestion? Hide your phone. Sounds easy, but how many of us could actually do it? There are lots of bloggers that explore and chronicle their experiences of slowing down. I recently discovered Kate Flanders, a blogger out of British Columbia, who decided that 2017 would be her year of slow living. Her posts are insightful and provide great tips. I encourage you to check it out. Slowing down can be a key component of self-care. However, the guilt we feel about taking things at a quieter pace may defeat the purpose. Often we have a fixed idea of what we want self-care to look like. Get to the gym six days a week. Floss our teeth daily. Get to bed before 11 p.m. The list can be endless, and we beat ourselves up when we haven't been able to meet our self-care goals. How will we be able to maintain the outcome we desire of being able to fit into a size 8 dress if we don't push ourselves? How reasonable is this? My friend and I decided that perhaps the better question is, what do we need right now? If the answer is something less healthy, spend the time to slow down and explore the feelings underneath that desire. Am I really hungry or do I need to sleep? Or talk to a friend about the challenging day I've had. In researching this, I encountered a clip that told the following story. An ambulance driver was taking part in a community group that focused on the idea of slow living. He decided to see what would happen if he drove slightly slower when rushing to an emergency call. I assume that he did this when it wasn't actually an emergency. He found that by slowing down, he gave the drivers ahead of him more time to get out of the way, and he was able to reach his destination in less time than if he had increased his speed. Which is interesting. I wonder how much more productive we would be if we weren't in such a rush. To borrow a great line I've heard, you ain't going to get all your possums up the same tree. My addition is, why rush around trying? I hope you enjoyed and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. The Blakey Psychotherapy Podcast is produced and recorded by Anita Woodard from Woodard Administration. Please subscribe and tell a friend about the podcast. For more information or to connect, our website is www.laurieblakey.com. Thank you and take care of your mental health.